Hello and welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I am Adam, here to discuss the DC release slate, because I didn't know it was coming today, the the big direct style announcement. And, and, and look, I've said it before, I think this is a great tool for companies to come out and just be like, hey, look, here's, here's what we're doing. Here's our plan for the next few years. Uh, and, and all of that. I think that we get a lot of information out of this, more information than is probably overtly stated. And for the sake of this, I'm only going to talk about the video, um, because there's also the conjecture that comes with all the statements that came from the press event yesterday. Um, but I was going to do old today. I, I, I watched old last night, the, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, um, which was not good. Um, and I was ready to do an entire episode about that. And then this happened. And I was like, let me cover this and do something about this. So what this is, James Young puts out a video. It's about six minutes long, a little under, a little over five minutes, um, where he talks about what's going on with DC Studios. Because there's been a lot of like lack of clarity. And the last time we had something like this where DC was like, here's what we're doing, bask in it. And in this kind of way where it's like, here's a bunch of shit. Probably was that time in like 2015, 2016, where it was on CW that they coupled it with the premiere of Legends of Tomorrow. And it was Kevin Smith and I think Jeff Johns sitting down and talking about the DC release slate where they unveiled Wonder Woman, they unveiled The Flash, they unveiled they were working on a Batman movie. And then it's like they're doing a Cyborg movie and a Green Lantern movie. And almost none of this actually ended up happening. And then we got a lot of DC announcing shit to the trades without any real backup. So now having this where it's direct from the head of the studio is a great way to move forward with this. So um, Gunn is, is mostly reading off of a script, but he's also ad-libbing a little bit. And when he ad-libs, and more importantly, when he doesn't ad-lib, it does kind of give you an indication of what he's going to be, what he thinks about the various projects that are happening. Um, so... We, we opened up with this idea of what's going on this year. Um, and this year, he doesn't talk about Titans, he doesn't talk about Doom Patrol. Both of those were canceled. They're not in the plan going forward. Um, right now, we have four movies this year. We have Shazam! Fury of the Gods on March 17th. We have The Flash on July June 16th. We have um, uh, Blue Beetle on August 18th. And then this Christmas, we have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom on December 22nd. So we have four movies this year. Um, and we get a little bit of what he thinks about each of them. Um, Shazam, he's like, Shazam always kind of operated its own little corner of the DC Universe, and that's great. Which, based on that, I would say whether or not Zachary Levi continues to play Shazam in the future will be dependent on this movie's reception. If this movie is well-received, he will continue. If it's not well-received, they'll get to do without Shazam or recast Shazam. Or reboot it. So, that was the first thing we got. Then, the next one he talks about is The Flash. And he is very, very open about The Flash. And he's like, this movie is fantastic. It looks great. Everything about this movie is, is firing you know, on all cylinders for him. And, and here's the thing. I think that, as it stands right now, James Gunn is only as good as his word. And his word is very valuable at this point. 
I think that he understands it. I don't think he's a dumb guy. I think he understands that his his endorsement is going to do a lot for the movie. And I don't think that his endorsement here is just him towing the party line and him being like Warner Brothers wants to, you know, Warner Brothers wants this movie to do well, so this is going to be a big a big thing going forward. Um, I think this is a genuine endorsement from him. In the same way that, like, when Peter Safran goes, look, we couldn't release Batgirl because it would damage the brand, it indicates to me that, number one, they have plans for Batgirl in the more imminent future, and I think that what more closely would have happened was this movie would have contradicted those plans, I, especially when we get into what's coming down the line from DC um, with, you know, Brave and the Bold and all that. I think it's more obvious that what they were going for was not what Batgirl was going to do. And it doesn't match the vision of Gotham they have. So to have that come out would have created brand confusion. Maybe that's what he meant. But also at the same time, you don't want to go out there and say the movie looks great um, when it was canceled. Because at the same time, just being like, look, it doesn't, it, it, it would have damaged the brand. It doesn't say the movie was bad. It, it indicates more it's not in line with the vision they had. Um... Which is a very nice way of towing the line of, here's what the the brass want, and we also don't want to harm the working relationship with anyone else involved, because they're also doing um, Bad Boys 4, and I think also they will probably want Leslie Grace back um, to actually play back role in the future. Um, so that's what that indicates to me. Um, the same goes for his endorsement of Blue Beetle, because Blue Beetle is like, he, he was very... This is great. This is going to be really cool. This is a big deal, especially when we get down the line. Um, and when we get to Aquaman, it just happens. And Aquaman is happening. It's like, and the rest. It's like, okay, so Aquaman is there too, is, is basically what that indicates to me. So at the end of the day, what this all kind of indicates is that they're very gung-ho on The Flash and Blue Beetle. The other two movies we are, are basically uh, cases of we've sunk too much money into this already. And we don't have plans for these characters long-term. So if we take a bath on these two movies or they're not well-received, we can retire the characters for a bit before we move forward. Um, in terms of casting, they also talked about, not in this video, and the other thing, they talked about how the only people who are going to be um, who are going to be guaranteed staying around are um, Waller, Viola Davis, John Cena, Peacemaker, um, I think Sean Gunn, as a weasel, uh, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, and I thought there was another one who was a key part who was going to be staying going forward. Um, but everyone else is kind of up in the air. Um, and as we get into what the release date is going to be, that's where it kind of gets kind of uh, nebulous. Because the first two projects we have out of the gate are Creature Commando, which is the, you know, it, it's kind of like a bunch of, it's an animated show with a bunch of creature characters fighting bad guys and Rick Flagg Sr.'s in it. And it's like, all right, that's cool. And the other one is Waller, which is an Amanda Waller show in live action with Viola Davis on HBO. And it's like, all right, that's cool. I like this idea. Everything that kind of happens here is a pretty cool idea. Nothing about this screams it could be a problem. Um, and I think that like that's kind of where we are in terms of where I stand with a lot of this, is that on paper, this all sounds great. Let's see them executed now. Let's see how well it comes out when we see the final product. Um, and I'm not just saying that it's DC. I'm saying let's just give it a chance. Um, 
And and also, none of this treads on what's going on with Joker Filet Adu or with um, what's going on with the Batman, which is going to be a trilogy with part two coming out in 2025, uh, October of 2025. And then Brave and the Bold won't be coming until at least six months after that, which would be in 2026. Um, so the Batman part two with Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves and, and all of that is um, November, uh, October 2025. Um, since it's October, maybe we're getting Long Halloween, like a more faithful Long Long Halloween. I don't know how well that'll mix, considering what we just got was kind of Long Halloween, but not really. Um, it, it could be repetitive, is what I'm saying. Um, so all of that's, you know, happening. The first movie we get under this new regime is coming in July of 2025. Um, and that will be Superman Legacy, which is Gunn is writing... Uh, nowhere on director yet, nowhere on an actor playing Superman yet, but it is based on All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison, which, if you are a fan of this show and you've listened to this show since the beginning, you know this has been what I've been saying they should do since Snyder had his hands on the character. I'm saying, what's wrong with a Superman who's just good for the sake of being good? What is wrong with that? And that is a great thing that they have going on here. I love this idea. Let's go. Let's see this executed. Um, I love that. Now, my notes are a little out of order, so it doesn't quite match the video, because I took notes independent of the video, because I saw the video much after. Um, so they may be out of order. We did talk about Creature Commanders and, and Waller. Uh, the next movie is The Authority, which I will admit I'm not a super huge, not fan, that's the wrong word, but I'm not a super huge, you know, I don't know a ton about them. Um, from what I've heard about what the authority is, it is kind of like a, a different take on superheroes with more black and white, kind of, where they all have kind of a black and white morality, and I don't know how well that meshes. Um, I think if they're building to a Superman versus the authority movie, um, that could be a cool idea. Um, I think that that's, that's one indication. This is where I'm a little hesitant, because this feels like Gunn coming up with something like, I want to do this. They've said in it, in it that this is Gunn's passion project. And I think that this is where we could start getting a little off the rails a little bit. Where if this one doesn't quite land, we can start seeing some people start to fall off the gun bandwagon. Where it's like, they, they, they'll take, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, the gun will no longer be loaded, if you will. If this doesn't quite fire properly. Um, enough gun puns here today. Um, but if... You know, because I think the thing is, if we're going to expedite this, and this is going to be your big project that you're doing at this point, I, I want to see why. Especially when there are other things that you could do instead that 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 could be more general audience Um Which I think is kind of what we've learned from Marvel, but kind of not, which is like, make it a four-quadrant movie. And, 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 and make it where everyone can go in, men, women, old, young. Everyone can go in and see this movie and be fine with it. This one feels more niche. But let's see how it goes. Especially when we're coming off of the Eternals, which didn't do great with characters people don't really have a uh, a while like a great like history with. There's like very little Eternals before this point. So I think maybe he's looking at this the way we look at Guardians of the Galaxy or Suicide Squad. I still feel like this is kind of an iffy thing. That's kind of the big test for how Gunn's tenure is going to work. Um. We also have The Brave and the Bold, which I'm super excited for. Um, it's a Batman movie where he's got to deal with Damian Wayne um, and, and all of that. I love the way he's characterizing Damian Wayne in this video. I love that idea. 
I'm, I'm all for this whole idea. Um, and I think this is a great way to set it apart from Pattinson's Batman and have it be something totally different. It's, it's great idea all around on this one. Bravo. Um, all for this. Um, then comes the other one, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, which I'm also super on board with. Um, this is based on a run that I think Tom King did uh, last year, where it's Supergirl actually treated like a person and not just Superman's cousin. Um, and I think that, like, I loved the, the TV show Supergirl during its run. I, I, I did really like that show. I think Melissa ben, um, Benoist was great, if that's how you pronounce her last name. Um, she was great on that show. She's a great Supergirl. I think the thing is, um, for her to end up kind of just like Superman feels kind of dismissive of the character for her to just be like, oh, it's she's got similar personality to Superman, and she's a reporter like Superman. This idea that she spent 14 years in the Phantom Zone seeing the worst of the worst of Kryptonians and then coming to Earth jaded to that and then being a teenager and, and growing up like that, this has a lot of room for growth. Um, and I think that if this is um, Sarah, Cal Sarah Callie, who is playing her in The Flash, that could be a great move if they're going to recast or if they're going to use Melissa again. Any option I'm fine with on this. Uh, I think any option here will will be an interesting way to take this character. Um, Swamp Thing is a movie as well. It's more horror-tinged, and I think that this is another example of this is something that Gunn wants to do, and they're going to do it because Gunn wants to do it. I like that we're getting into the arcane early. I like that we're getting into the the more mystic aspects of the DC universe early. We're not going to sit here and wait for, um, for for it to evolve out to Phase Three, um, the way that Marvel did, where it's like the magic didn't really show up until Doctor Strange, and that was eight years in to the to the MCU. Like it, it's it's good they're getting in there and they're starting it earlier. Um, if they're going to do a harder um, a harder R, and they're going to do a harder horror movie for this, maybe go into anatomy lesson a little bit. Um, I, I could see, like, embrace the weird of, of, of Swamp Thing, is what I'm saying. Embrace the, where it can go. Uh, what about Creature Commando? We talked about Waller. Um, and there are other TV shows that I didn't mention. Booster Gold is getting a TV show. Again, great idea, and I think that's why I think that Blue Beetle is so important and why Blue Beetle wasn't scrapped the same way Wonder Twins and Batgirl was. I think that they have they see a future in which we have um we, we, we have um um in which we have Jaime and um and uh uh, uh and, 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 uh, oh my god. I think we see a world in which these two characters do get together, do get along and have that team up movie. And I think it starts with this with this show if not them coming together on this show for the first time. And I think they want that to, they, they want the Blue Beetle and Booster Gold to come together in this. Um, and I think that's, a, this is kind of something that they're going to be pushing for. Um, we have Lanterns, which they describe as a terrestrial police procedural with Hal and Jon Stewart. Again, I think this is interesting. And I think, especially considering this is the first half of what they're calling Chapter 1 Gods and Monsters. And I think that that's another great way to set it apart from, from Marvel is that Marvel does phases, and it's like three phases to a, to a saga, where it's like phases one, two, and three are the Infinity Saga, four, five, and six in the Multiverse Saga, seven, eight, nine will be something else. Doing chapters creates a sense that it's self-contained. 
and, and you know, it's all building to an end. And I think that that's a better way to do it instead of it being, you know, beginning, middle and end of a, of a, a wider saga. Um, and I think that this is going to be the first indication that we get of where we're going for the inevitable end of the gods and monsters chapter or chapter one gods and monsters. Um, and again, total speculation here. I could be totally wrong. Um, I think that gods and monsters is going to, um, what's the one I'm looking for here? I think that gods and monsters is going to end with the justice league uniting similar to how it did in the new 52 to fight Vandal Savage. And I think this is going to be the first movie, the first of the time sets. It's an HBO show. And I think this is the first indication that we're going to get of moving towards that, where it's like, what earthbound thing do you need two lanterns to deal with? I think Vandal Savage, the reappearance of Vandal Savage is, is perfect. Um, and I think that's the kind of thing that we'll get here. That'll push things in motion in an interesting way. Um, and I, Again, all speculation. It's way too early to, to have any real indication of anything. That's just what I think based on, you know, writing on the wall. Uh, and then this one is the one that I feel like is the the one I'm kind of weird about. Paradise Lost, which is uh, about um, Themyscira and, and the origin of the Amazons. Um, it's supposed to be like a Game of Thrones type political intrigue, high fantasy, you know, thing that we're kind of getting everywhere. Now, between that, between Wheel of Time, between what they try to do with Rings of Power, between, you know, uh, House of the Dragon, it's, it is DC trying to do that. And it's like, all right, cool, I get it. I think that what this is, and I, and, and I think that one of the things, if you look now at, at what's going on with all of these things, with the exception of Batman and Superman, who we know for certain that um, Henry Cav um, Cavill and Ben Affleck will not be back in those two roles. Beyond that, all of the other characters are still either under contract or not yet on, they're, they're not under contract or still have movies waiting to come out. And what I think this is, is it's them, they want to let it breathe, let these characters breathe a little bit before we come back. And I think this is them doing Wonder Woman again in a way where we can reintroduce the idea of the Amazons into the new continuity. If we want Gal Gadot to come back, we can do that. We can even keep Wonder Woman in the same continuity because I feel like this iteration of Wonder Woman and the origin story they went with in Wonder Woman is going to be the origin they go with forever. In the same way that, you know, Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker gets bit by a, by a radioactive spider and becomes Spider-Man. In the same way that um, Bruce Wayne's parents die in Crime Alley and he becomes Batman. In the same way that Krypton explodes and Superman gets sent to Earth um, as, it's, as it's blowing up and he becomes Superman when he gets to Earth and, and grows up. In that same way, I think that this origin for Wonder Woman is going to be the one that sticks. Maybe not specifically she went to fight Ares, but like you know during World War, but like that that World War One era. I think that this is going to stick because that movie is now iconic, and you can't walk into an AMC theater without seeing her stepping out of you know the trenches into no man's land in that fantastic sequence. I think that movie has become synonymous with the character in a way they can't get away from, um, and. It was only, you know, seven years ago that that movie came out. Or was it 2017? Uh, either way, it, it was, you know, fairly recent. So, either way, I think what we have here is we have a, a sense that, like, that's why they've only announced half of this slate, is because 
They don't know what they're doing with Aquaman yet. They don't know what they're doing with Wonder Woman yet. They don't know if Gal Gadot is going to come back. They don't know if Patty Jenkins is going to come back. They don't know what they're going to do. They don't know what they're going to do with Shazam. They don't know what they're going to do. They know they want Superman. They know they want Batman. And they don't know what they're going to do with The Flash. Because Ezra Miller's continued involvement is going to be entirely based on their their progress in treatment and in rehab. Which, more power to them. I'm not thrilled about it. I don't think it's the best idea on the planet. I think you want to jettison as much as you can. Especially if you're jettisoning Batman and Superman. Um... If you're not going to keep all, jettison all. And, and, and look, I think Gal Gadot is going to be fine if she doesn't play Wonder Woman again. Um, I think that, you know, I, I think that that's... And I think Jason Moore will be fine if he doesn't play Aquaman again. Um, you, can, you can bring him in as Lobo. You can, there's no shortage of other things you can do. Um, but I don't think you necessarily need that here. Um, and and if, if they're going to do this, and if they can say, like, look, Ezra Miller went to rehab, He's rehabilitated. He will stay, like, they will stay out of trouble. If that's what they're going to do, then it's a redemption story that, like, you know, they can they can get behind. It still feels weird, but far enough out, people will forget. And I think that that's what they're counting on, is that if they can keep Ezra Miller out of, out of trouble long enough, it won't matter. But we'll see. Uh, and I think that that's why we only got the first half, because the second half, we're going to get a Flash too. we're going to get a Wonder Woman, we're going to get, you know, these more concrete things that are going to build towards a, 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 you know, a Justice League that we know. Um, and I think that that's kind of a position of strength as it is now for, you know, for DC. Because when we talk about Marvel, why did Marvel succeed? And the reason was Marvel had to come from an angle of character. Marvel had to come from an angle of make quality movies that people will go and see in a, you know, in a theater that they have to see because they are intrigued by the character at the core. And I think that that is the, the difference between Marvel and DC in recent years was, you know, yes, the Batman was great. Yes. You know, uh, um, Birds of Prey was great. The Suicide Squad was great. Um, Dark Knight trilogy was great. All of this stuff when Marvel was trying to, when DC was trying to directly compete with Marvel and create their own expanded cinematic universe, not that great. And the reason was, it's like Marvel comes in and Marvel has to be like, okay, we don't have Spider Man, we don't have the X Men, we have to build an Avengers team, but most people don't know most of the characters. Most people don't know who Thor is specifically, who Iron Man is specifically, who Captain America is specifically. They have these broad ideas, and for some of them, not even broad ideas, just like, they know the name, and they might, if you showed them the picture, might be like, oh, I've seen that before, but not be able to tell you who the character is. So it's about making you care about these characters. And I think that DC was like, oh, people care already about Superman. They care about Batman. They care about The Flash. They care Because that's the thing, too, is that they had this long history in animation on TV, be it Super Friends in the 70s and 80s, be it... You know, the, the Justice League Unlimited and Justice League in the 2000s. People knew who these characters were and what they, what they stood for. So they, there was kind of this feeling, you don't need to do all of that to make me care about them so we can just move past it. And you don't, I'm not saying you have to do it in origin story specifically, but you don't have to, you know, you, you do have to make me care about this, this iteration of the character. I need to care about why they're doing what they're doing. And DC never did that when they were trying to build their expanded universe. What it seems like now is that because they, they fucked up so badly in the past, 
they're kind of stuck using B and C tier characters. And while I would have done other characters that aren't quite as big, who didn't, you know, who, who are, like, I wouldn't have used, uh, like, I would do the Batman and Superman, but I wouldn't have done, what the fuck was the name of that other one? The, uh, the Alliance, the, the, the bullshit with the, the authority. Like, I wouldn't have done that. I would have done something different. Like, I would have done, maybe do a Martian Manhunter movie. Um, maybe do a Cyborg movie. I can understand why that, maybe do a Teen Titans movie. Like, but even that, you don't want to get it, you're, you're still too close to Titans, so you're still kind of doing without that. Like, it, it's all things that, they, like, we want to let this breathe and let it be its own thing, so. You know, they are kind of stuck, so that's why we have these things that are coming in, and it's like, that's an odd choice, but it's like, well, what else are you going to do? Maybe Zatanna. Maybe, you know, Justice League Dark. Maybe, the, the, but there are other options on the table, is all I'm saying. Maybe do a Green Arrow movie, um, which would have been great. I would have loved to see that, if they did a Green Arrow movie. Uh, especially if they did a, a, a Green Arrow that honed closer to Green Arrow from the comics. Not Green Arrow Year One. I, I didn't hate Green Arrow Year One. Um, I, I, I do like that comic, and I like how they did that for the show. Um, and I think you can get shades of that. But the show, you don't get the, the, the Oliver Queen as the moral compass um, aspect of it. You get him as he's, you know, he's closer to Batman than he is Green Arrow. Um, but look, let's see what they do. Let's see how this turns out. Hopefully it turns out great. I'm all for this if it turns out great. Um, if it, you know, uh, and, and, and this is the most excited I've been for DC in a long time. Like reading, like watching this video and reading what they're talking about, it made me excited for the Flash movie, which I haven't been since they announced it. Like, I'm like, all right, maybe this movie will be good in June. Maybe I was dumb for not picking it for the movie draft. Maybe, you know, Peter also didn't pick it, so it's not like it's going to, you know, be anything for either of us. But maybe, maybe it is, you know. Like, I don't think... I think Gunn's overselling it by saying it's the greatest superhero movie of all time. That said, I mean, I don't think it'll overtake, you know, what was that other one? Uh, Logan, or, like... Uh, like I really like Birds of Prey. Like, I wouldn't say it's the best of all time, but, like... I don't know where it'll rank for me compared to other comic book movies, but, you know, let's see how it is. It's, it's going to hard reboot the universe. Let's see what happens. Um, and I think that, I think I'm the most optimistic I've been about DC probably since that announcement that they did in primetime on the CW. And I'm not talking about including Christ and Infinite Earths or anything I did on the Flash TV show, which we'll be going back to covering uh, next week when it comes back for season nine. Um, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about specifically how I feel about what's going on here, um, in terms of theatrical. And I think that they're doing a great, I think this is a great thing. What I want to see them do going forward, because we don't have directors, we don't have actors, we don't have, you know, writers beyond James Gunn, um, and the, the little, um, like, uh, council of guns that they have. Well, I mean, that, that sounds diminutive to all the people who are in it, but like, they have like a think tank of writers who are all working on this and, and, and like to, to have that, I want to see a, an expansion of, you know, I, I want to see where that goes. Um, like I, I want to see maybe do quarterly where it's like, Hey, we have some updates about this stuff. Here's when production is going to start. Here's who we've cast so far. Here's this, here's this, here's this. 
and you just once a quarter come out like, hey, here's what we're doing at DC Studios. Here's what we're working on. Here's what's going on here. Especially considering they're saying that DC Studios is going to be a unified front across all media. Um, I don't know if it includes comics, but it includes gaming. It includes all of that. So, like, maybe we get a little extra drip at, you know, Tokyo Game Show. Not Tokyo Game Show. Wow. Uh, E3 and uh, Summer Game Fest um, in, in the summer. But, like, do a quarterly thing where you're like, here is some new stuff we have coming uh, coming up for you. But we'll wrap up there for today. Um, so we have a slight change in schedule. Next week we'll be doing Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Me and Josie will be getting together to talk about that this weekend. And we'll record it and we'll put it up on Tuesday. The following week, me and Josie will be getting together again to talk about Ant-Man in advance of Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. And then um, the rest of the month will finish Sam. I think we have Akira and I thought the last one is... And then we also have, um, this week, we have a knock at the cabin on Thursday. We're going to be doing 80 for, 80 for Brady at some point this weekend. I don't know when exactly. And there's one, uh, and then, you know, the same as usual. We, we, we will do the catch-up on um, that other thing. On uh, What the fuck was it called? Uh, National Treasure we'll catch up on. We'll, we'll pick up with Poker Face. We'll, and uh, tomorrow morning, get ready. We will be talking about the, um, what's it called? Hi-Fi Rush. We'll be doing a review of Hi-Fi Rush tomorrow morning. So, until then, have a great rest of your week.